Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You're listening to FP Interviews. In-depth conversations with interesting people. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hello, hello, Footy Primers. It is Tuesday, which means another interview show. And it's been a minute since we've given you one. But with the Canadian Women's National Team in Toronto to play South Korea on Sunday... At BMO Field. Joining us today on Footy Prime is the player that scored one of the biggest goals in Canadian sports history, Olympic champion and Juventus midfielder Julia Grosso. Julia, welcome to Footy Prime. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Hello. It's great to have you on the show. Yeah, Craig Forrest and Jamie Brennan are here, the two uh, ex Canadian men's international players. So I'm sure they'll have some player to player questions for you. But uh, I let off with the Olympics, of course. How many times do you get asked about that the penalty? Um, a lot. Weekly, daily? <laughs> I would say, well, when I, I've been home back in Vancouver for the last three weeks, so I would say like once every two days. <laughs> Fair. Understandable. Yeah. Did you ever dream that big when you were growing up in the backyard playing and, you, you know, soccer and you think, oh, it's Olympic final and it's a, I'm going to got a penalty to score? Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking just like, oh my God, like I want to be on the national team and all of that and like go to the World Cup, the Olympics. Um, I remember I used to like just visualize like I'm like imagine I was taking a PK in like a finals like I know I would always think that when I was younger but I didn't know like it would actually happen so it's pretty cool that like I used to think about it. Did it feel like destiny though? I mean your last name is Grosso. Grosso Uh, the winning penalty for I actually met him in Italy I met him so that was really cool they like because we went to play where he plays now and they like introduced us and it was really cool but yeah I thought about that right after actually. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. So what's it been like uh, in Torino? I mean, you're, uh, you grew up a proud Italian Canadian. Did that fully prepare you for life in Torino at uh, one of Calcio's biggest clubs? Yeah, it did. Like my Italian side has definitely helped me uh, transition over to Italy for sure. Um, but it was definitely hard, I would say at first, like just the whole culture change, because even though I have an Italian family, it's still very different, like when you're actually in the country. But now I'm like fully adjusted and um, everything's going really well. So I'm I'm really happy about it. That's amazing. Hey, tell us about the journey. How did you end up there? Um, well, after just like, you know, being with the national team, I was done with um, college. And so I knew I wanted to go pro after like my last season. It was after the Olympics. And I knew I wanted to go pro after that. Um, I had another year or two, I think, 
to be in college, but um, I wanted to uh, go overseas. And so I knew I wanted to go to Europe first, um, just like my pre- uh, preference for right now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that came along after um, the Olympics, like, uh, you know, that option came along. So I chose that one. <laughs> Incredible. huh? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things I think, uh, Julia, in women's football, I think is recently over the last few years is options. There's options for where players can go, especially if you have a passport, an EU passport, obviously. And some of the women in Canada don't have that luxury, of course. But uh, the game, the growth, the coverage is expanding at a rate that I've never seen before. It's a tsunami. It's exciting. Um, and those options are there. Uh, so how do you feel about that with the, the team really playing all over the world like it wasn't ever before? Yeah, no, it's it's really cool to um, be able to be a part of that and hopefully continue to expand that for like the future and like even more options, like because I know there's been so much growth already. So I'm excited for like the future players and see like how much more like we could also help um, expand that for them. But yeah, it's been like an honor being a part of it. And it's been it's been awesome now that we have so many a lot more options than before, for sure. The women's team at Juventus was established in, in 2017. And as Craig said, we've seen how big the game has grown in England and Spain, filling the, the stadiums, uh, Camp Nou and, uh, and and the Barnabeo has been incredible. We've seen some of the big names that have signed in the NWSL just lately like on this side of the pond. Is the women's game growing as fast in Italy as well? Yeah, I would say it's it's definitely like a lot better than what it was like five years ago. Like it's definitely expanding Um like I, I know that like, for example, like with the women's and the men's team on Juventus, like they do a really good job of like, you know, keeping it like pretty equal, like, for example, social media wise, or just like make sure like the women feel included, which I know um, there's a bit of like that doesn't happen at every single club. So like, mm-hmm. I think that especially like with Juventus, um, it's been pretty good. And what's it like being back with the the national team camp? I'm assuming that for an entire year, that WhatsApp group chat has just been on fire. Like <laughs> yeah. just messaging every day, 300 <laughs> messages a day. What's what's it like to be back in camp with the uh, with your team? No, it's so good. I literally love all my teammates, and like it feels like such a family here. And like we've all known each other for such a long time. So it's it's we have a really special group here. So I'm so happy to be back. There's such a, a really a, a depth of experience and and younger players. I think there's 28 in this camp. 21 of them were at the Olympic Games. You've got Christine Sinclair, of course, the legendary Christine Sinclair, who actually made her debut. I think four months before you were actually born. <laughs> so, and then you have other players with math, massive experience on there. You know, Ashley Lawrence, Desiree Scott, Sophie Schmidt, uh, with uh, over 100 caps alone. Um, what is that like for you and how helpful are the older players with the younger players? Because it seems as though uh, generationally they're, they're exceptionally good at helping the younger players along. Yeah, no, they've, they've helped me so much. Like, especially when I first had gone into camp, they like took me under their arms and they just like, like helped us mesh as a team. And like, they're just so experienced. It's really cool to learn and just see, especially in tournament environments, how they go from game to game and practice and how they carry themselves. And they do like really lead by example for all like the younger ones. And we're really picking up on that. So I'm really grateful that I have amazing role models, like in my life, um, especially on this team. They're, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. And I bet you too, the, the older players as well, um, they must be so proud of this next generation that's coming through because and the opportunities that you guys have now, and if you look at the teams that 
the, the younger core is playing for Juventus and PSG and Chelsea, Man City. It's it's endless opportunities now. Um, and I'm sure the older ones are probably a little bit jealous as well and wishing that they had those opportunities. But it's great to see how they really look after you guys now. No, yeah. Um, no, they're so happy for us. They, they're really, and they, they always still talk about, they're like, it's awesome to see like the growth of the female side of football and um, just, just to see uh, how awesome it's like it's expanded over the years and all that. So they're really, really proud of us. You've worked under both Bev and John Herdman as well. Um, They come from the same town in Northeast England. Uh, Which one do you understand or don't understand as well as the other one? (laughs) Um, I actually like when I'm growing up, I've actually had like coaches that mostly have accents. So I'm like pretty good at it, but I would say I've known Bev for a while. So I think I understand her better just because like I'm used to how like she says things. So I'd probably say John if I were to pick. How do those accents compare though, understanding those accents to some of the Italian ones that I'm sure you've dealt with? Um, yeah, no, the Italian, no, I, I understand. I think my coach is a little better just because I'm used to like those accents. I'm not really used to like Italian accents, but I do understand them pretty well. Mm. Is there like an espresso, like, limit like an expectation per day do they cut you no, off they, at the change room at three or no like my teammates like i'm not kidding i have like two espressos before like at 9 p.m and <laughs> i'm like oh, yeah. jimmy does too jimmy's the most italian uh white guy that we've ever had on the show <laughs> i had i'll tell you a story the other night i was in uh i was in ottawa for my kids soccer and i had three espressos and it was about nine o'clock at night so i end up falling asleep about three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm could not sleep it's deadly that stuff yeah i can only have it at like 9 a.m or i'll be like because i they don't even they don't even want me to have it because i'm like wired when i have it mm. and they're like julia's not allowed to have this anymore oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say were you a big coffee woman before i mean you're, you're only um, 21 you may have did you get into it in college i guess everybody does I mean, ever honestly, like all my friends did, but I just like I don't need co- like it's tastes good. Like sometimes if I dump like five <laughs> spoons of sugar, but like other than that, like I don't really drink it. But espresso, I'll have like one, but I don't like need it. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Did your family uh, in Vancouver did they support Juventus? Yeah, they do. And also, it's funny because in Vancouver, I'm sure in Toronto too, there's like Juventus like fan groups and stuff yeah. like that. So because we have a lot of Italians in Vancouver, so yeah. But like my my mom and I definitely because I love Ronaldo so he played there so I was definitely watching their games oh no go on Brendan (laughs) yeah you're gonna start talking about Ronaldo now I'm a Portuguese (laughs) Canadian Julia I know my name oh I'm Portuguese too so I get it oh okay okay another reason to like one of Canada's favorite sporting heroes (laughs) that's amazing um well I guess you didn't have the opportunity or or might you have had an opportunity to cross paths with him because he was still there. Uh, for the, no, for the but season. like right before I got there, they uh, I think they like some of my teammates met him or because like we were just on the fields for, you know, Kalini, his retirement. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so the, they got it. They brought out the women's team on the field after the game and the men's team. So we were just beside each other. So we were there for like his retirement and stuff. So it was really cool. But if he what was do you mean he, he didn't retire? What are you talking no, about? But like retirement from Juventus. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. 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 Well, of, of course, we talk a lot about MLS and we never want to use the R word when talking about these older established players that come to MLS. So I can yeah, see uh, Craig's instant <laughs> sensitivity. No, not on you. Not on you. Um, no. But what well, I'm curious, like, what's it been like to be in that environment? Did you get much time to talk with Chiellini or any of those men's stars? Is there much, much overlap um, at, um, at the train ground ever? 
Um, not like because our training ground we share with the U23, so it's like the second men's team, and then the actual men's team um have their own facility, which is like 20 minutes away. Um, but no, I would just say like maybe like through social media sometimes, like you know, like people follow each other, just like congrats, like just kind of that interaction. But um, other than that, I think there's sometimes we do like interactions like with the different teams. Sometimes they do like interviews with pe- different players on each team, so that's pretty cool too. It couldn't be much bigger than that for a club to be involved with, Julia. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I look back on your career and you played, you know, the U15s of 2014, U17, 2016, U20s, uh, 2018, but you made your full cap or called in by John Herman, I believe, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, all those different levels uh, of playing, did you find that that was helpful to ease your way into the full national team? Yeah, I think it, it really helps, especially also I was in a really good um, club environment with Whitecaps um, back in Vancouver. So, But I do think that being a, the national team like on the youth level really helped just because, you know, there's also other aspects like the mental side, like traveling with the team a lot. And like if you're not – I help, it helped me get used to being away from home and then that also helped me make the move to Italy and to Texas very easy because I was very used to like leaving. So I think yeah. that really helped me. And with COVID and everything, you've had you know such an intense experience, uh, both at club level and and with the national team. Um, so getting ready for this Concacaf tournament, uh, this tune up on on Sunday against uh, South Korea, what's the what's the mood in the camp right now, and what's uh, what's the vibe? No, yeah, we're all just really pumped and excited for this week. Um, we're excited to play, and like we're ultimately really excited to play in like the Concacaf qualifiers. Um, I think our team just like loves like tournament vibes. They're just like the best times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're all just really excited. And ready to go. A lot of the uh, women are as well haven't played in Toronto for some time. I understand, so this must be pretty exciting for them. That's probably why you're available today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they they're all they're all really excited, especially like a lot of our teams from like Ontario. So they're definitely excited. Great, uh, Julia. When we have uh, Canadian national team members on, we like to do this uh, nine questions, get to know you. So uh, if you're if you're cool with that, our producer yeah, Dan Wong has got nine quick rapid fire. Simple icebreaker, get to know your questions so that uh, we can get to know Julia Grosso a little bit better. Take it away, Wonger. Just got to unmute sure. your mic, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he, he, <laughs> was like, he, was, he was asking questions. That's I why was, he's a I producer, was. not no. a presenter. <laughs> yeah, so uh, do you guys have your emails? We'll go. Uh, I'll start. Then we'll go Jimmy, Brendan, and then uh, Craig. Oh, we're going to make this a real team effort. Okay. Yes, we are. Because so, you, is, you got the poor microphone today. We're not going to do nine questions with that's you. Well, we're, no, no, my microphone's too crap right now. <laughs> um, Julia, what are you binge watching right now? Oh, nothing. Right. What? Nothing? No, like I'm all? not watching. No, I'm not watching anything. What was the last thing you binge watched? I don't. I could. I like don't watch TV like that at all. Of course, she I doesn't know. watch TV. She's a professional really? athlete. Guys. No, that's so bad. Like, I don't watch anything. I watch YouTube. That's about it. Okay. Not even Ted Lasso. No. no, not even Ted Lasso. Oh, Julie, you got to get on that. Oh, it's pretty good. It's one of the best shows ever. Not not okay. just from a football perspective. Yeah. Do you read then? Do you? Do you? No, read? I don't do it. Like I just. Just chill. YouTube. YouTube. Just YouTube. Got it. Okay, you're 21. And practice. <laughs> practice. Yeah. Talk, I don't know. All those things. <laughs> uh, music question then. Drake, Weekend, or Bieber? Drake. Which sport would you play other than football? Volleyball. Mm, love the volleyball. What's playing in your earbuds right now? Other than us. Um, yeah. Probably a Drake song. Probably Drake. That new oh. album? 
Um, probably his last album. Yeah, I wasn't that crazy about the new one. Yeah, longer. Oh, take some time. If you are craving a fast food, what are you ordering, or where are you grab? Like, where are you grabbing it from? What's your? It's a place called Waterburger. It's in Texas, mm-hmm. and I would get like chicken nuggets and fries. I love chicken nuggets. <laughs> are there chicken nuggets nuggets different than like McNuggets? Like, are they? Big and crispy. They're more, like chicken ten- they're more like chicken tennis. So they're just like, just picture everything like 10 times bigger. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> it's Texas. Of course it is. Uh, so now I know what you miss most about Texas. What do you miss most about Vancouver? Family. Mm. Would you rather go to a sing-along karaoke or a dance club? Dance club. Yeah, all day mm. long. All day long. What's your go-to pasta dish in Italy? Um, it's like this Rome dish. I forget what it's called, but it's this Rome dish. And I forget what the name is. Oh, carbonetta or something like that. Something with a C and it's so good. Carbonara? (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good dish. And our final question is, who was your sports hero growing up? Mm, Ronaldo. Oh. Uh, Brendan Dunlop is going to be the happiest man. Yeah, he's going to be wearing your jersey. My my dad is Portuguese and he literally like (laughs) raised me with soccer. So he Ronaldo is definitely my favorite. Okay, there you go. Well, I I feel like I haven't heard this before, Julia, that you're a Portuguese Italian Canadian. Yeah. I, okay. like, I I was like my Portuguese grandma on her side. Like she spoke only Portuguese to me. And like and so I'm more I think like closer to that just because she like lived with us so i know more portuguese and italian oh well obrigado a vó. that's that's amazing julia Earl. thank you <laughs> julia con- uh congratulations on all your success um all the best uh against korea and in this uh qualifying tournament and thanks so much for joining us on footy prime no thank you so much for having me thank Bye. you thanks julia olympic champion julia grosso there we go that was great it was great to get to know uh julia a little bit better and yeah, guys, I'm never gonna let this down that she's Portuguese, Italian, Canadian. Yeah, we didn't we didn't think you would, buddy. You didn't see that coming. Yeah. Woo. It's interesting that that hasn't been talked about the Portuguese side of her because the. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's because Italian all these people has. just ran. She scored the penalty. Her last name's Grosso. His name was Grosso. People yeah. just ran with it. Right? Playing for Juve, uh, yeah. on and on. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not getting invited to the Portuguese cultural society either. Like I have to. I have to knock on the door and tell them that I belong there. Like I understand. Well, maybe they know that, but they just don't want you there. Could be that. You know, I do have a goal. I do. I do have a goal. So I've I've been uh, I've been told uh, by people uh, in the Portuguese Federation, and then one person outside that I've been nominated twice for the uh, Portuguese Canadian Hall of Fame. Never been called back, but I've been nominated twice. But I do have a, a professional goal to get in there before Sid Sixero. That's that's on my list. Well, he's got at least he's got a Portuguese last name. Yeah, he does. Yeah, we, we won't have to have a, the asterisk and explainer next to it. Yeah, so. no. <laughs> See, the JC is back in the in the in the jam. What's up, Dustin Bieber? Today, can I just say that um, it was very eye opening to see that kids don't watch TV mm. like they they watch yeah. their phone and they stream stuff, and it's like okay. This is like, uh, and then you're asking, it was just really fun to watch you guys ask these questions. And she's like shutting you down. Like, no, yes, no. Like, yeah. I don't, who I are don't, you? I don't watch <laughs> books. I don't read books. I don't watch movies. I just, yeah. I just practice. That's why she's so good. That's it. And what, a, yeah. like how successful at 21 years old, like that's unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys were very successful at young ages as well. Um, But I mean, do you see a a sort of a parallel between like her coming up and you guys as well? Mm, That's a good question. I, I, not really. I I think that, uh, you know, when you're 21 years of age and you end up in a championship final at the Olympic games and you have a penalty to win it and you do that, that's a, it's a pretty special moment. Uh, incredible moment that um, we never really had the chance to to get to exactly like I, that anyway. I would be very nervous taking that penalty. I'll tell you that for free. Mm-hmm. At 21, right? As well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good for her. It's amazing to see, honestly. Such a great person. She's got a bright future ahead of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great to see how much she wins. Very bright. But as, uh, you, as we mentioned, sorry, like. Sorry, you speak in a practice. Uh, JC had a audition this morning. Hence the hat. And I was auditioning to be a farmer for an undisclosed CBC uh, television program. This and is a fictional program or is this a reality program? No, it's a fictional program. Ah, this, okay. this is the acting stuff. And uh, oh. so I made, made sure to have the hair out and the uh, the trucker hat. So, uh, oh, well, you, look, you, look well, if you're trying to look like white trash, you're doing a good job, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. You know what? What, what, what Praise from line? Caesar. Yeah. What was your line? I don't know if I can say it. What? Was that it? Well, <laughs> <we can't. laughs> you're in <laughs> Yeah. Um, Longer. It's a, it's a, it's a production, uh, undisclosed production. You can't have the, the, uh, audition giving away. Allegedly. Secrets. Don't I'm you know how allegedly you have to be married to an really actor to know not. how this works. I wish people could see his look right now. It looks like you, what did you pull up in an 18 wheeler outside? Hey, now, I mean, I did, I, I'll put it this way. I was talking like this, like, Hey, uh, you know, so we got the combine ready to go. Uh, the grain elevator, we're going to load that up there. And then uh, uh, let's get to work, boys. Let's and then just spit? I smoked, actually. I haven't, <laughs> yes. I'm not kidding. I was smoking a cigarette. Not actually, though, but pretending yeah. to smoke a cigarette. Do you have was... props, the prop cigarettes? Elena has these, like, stashed around the house. I'll find these. Like, what the hell is this rolled up paper? <laughs> oh, it's her prop cigarette. Oh, I used, uh, I used Mel's authentic cigarette. Oh, okay, so JC has been off the butt for almost two years now? A year and a half, I can tell you exactly, yeah. as a matter of fact, yeah. How much does that like craving hit you if you put a real butt in your mouth? Honestly, so I was holding a lighter and pretending to light it, and no joke, I was feeling nauseous. Oh, the water. Thought, yeah. What makes you think after that interview with Julia Grosso that anyone listening wants to know about his tobacco tastes? It just seems like something we talk about. <laughs> yeah. Likes good old hey. Virginia tobacco. I had great Julia Grosso like questions, uh, follow ups with these guys, and you thwarted me with. Oh, with, sorry. Uh, with you that. go. We've got time. I'm done now. I, I We've don't got time, know. B. No, let's well, get it back on the rails. To be to be fair, Brennan, I mean, her and I are pretty much on the same level as far as celebrity goes. So right. I can it. see where Dan got off on that tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I did want to say though, to go back to the point, talk about uh, and how Craig said, you know, not really parallels when you have a moment like she did and she kind of alluded to it how life-changing that was she was expecting to go back to texas and finish you know finish university and the opportunity to play at one of the biggest clubs in the world comes like no one's turning that down and uh, it's just great to see as craig said too like all of the opportunities and you look at this this team logistically this it's getting harder and harder for for the uh, for canada soccer to set up these camps to 
uh, schedule as many dates as they have in the past because so many of these players are playing at, at elite clubs yeah. that are, you know, uh, have schedules now comparable to the men's, which was not the case for the last 30 years. No, it's a it's a big change uh, for them as well. It's not something that they ever really had to deal with, and not on this level anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it is incredible just the opportunities and the movement and the the clubs that are taking it seriously. I love to hear that that Juventus uh, are treating the women and men on the same level and social media and bringing them in, and that raises a standard right through the league. And if Juve are going to do it, the rest of the Italian clubs are going to do it as well. They're going to follow suit and the competition is going to get greater. We're seeing that in Spain with Barcelona and Real Madrid. They're going to try to catch up because Barcelona are killing it. Yeah. And you see what's happening in France as well with Lyon. The other clubs are trying to catch them. Movement from Kadisha Buchanan, who won five Champions Leagues. She moves to Chelsea. So the English league is really competitive, wanting to win those Champions Leagues. It's, it's just so exciting all in all, all the way around, that uh, we're going to see this continue to grow at a level over the next 10, 20 years that uh, we've, we've never even seen close in the past. Yeah. We were having fun with Julia. I didn't feel like I, I wanted to get into it. I'm sure many of the players will be asked about pay equity in a more serious format. But do you think mm-hmm. that uh, there'll be a resolution soon? Obviously, there'll be some conversation with just simply this camp, um, the, the women's team being together right now. I'm, I'm sure there's many conversations happening uh, you know, in front of the cameras and behind. Do you think there'll be a resolution sometime soon, Craig? I certainly hope so. Um I mean, everything's been quiet recently, which is uh, which is okay. Um, especially the women, the, the men. Obviously, you know, during the last window, were coming out with statements and whatever. The women put a statement out after the men did, but overall, they've been very quiet uh, over the months. Continue to play, continue to do their jobs, and uh, and hopefully this uh, gets resolved as soon as possible. Because I mean, I think that the women and men negotiating contracts together and uh, working together is far much better than, uh, you know, them being pulled apart and fighting each other. We don't need that, especially at this moment in time. Yeah, you're right. Are you guys going to the game on Sunday? I plan to be there. I'm Mm -hmm. uh, my co-ed team. uh, We're going to have a away day at BMO on Sunday. Nice. Nice. I hope it's a good crowd for them. They deserve it. Maybe one day you guys will want to hang out with me and we can go to a game too. I feel like oh, for sure. I feel yeah. like I'm always putting that out there, but uh, we're going. We're just at the other side of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> we're just not where you're sitting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got a suite on the uh, north side. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Canada's U20 men last night take on the United States in uh, a very hot Taguchi Galpa? I did. I did. I yeah. really enjoyed watching that game. Uh, the the bounce back from a one nil loss to Cuba, going up against a team that beat St. Kitts ten nil. Um, it very much felt like a, a must win. And I think, you know, I think it was the pressure and you guys can speak to this at the U S our team that play much more at their level. And I think that brought the best out of them and that they were able to, to play their game against a team that could play to their level. Yeah. I think also just the extra few days of preparation helped the team too. I think that's where the major problem with the, the under twenties in the past is just lack of investment into them and preparation. The U S put a lot of stock into this U 20 and qualifying. So they spend a lot of time together and they look like it. Um, so you can see how they set their stall out. Canada, obviously very, uh, defensive minded, first of all, uh, trying to catch them on a counterattack with really quite good success as well uh, yeah. at, at times. So it, it was much better. Um, and it was unfortunate that they couldn't hell hold on for the win and give themselves sort of a chance. But that was always going to be difficult against the U.S. But I thought the fight, the spirit, uh, you could not fault them. 
I thought they did an excellent job, the Canadian team. And, uh, you know, I think that the actual preparation is really at fault here more than anything else. Yeah, 100% it is. And we've talked about that, you know, a lot of times that we've got such good young players, but just the funding isn't there. And they need to be together more often. They need good preparation. They need more games at that youth level. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's something I think the CSA really has to look at and think, okay, how, how can we get more money into this program and filter it down into the youth for both the men's and women? Because mm-hmm. it is important to qualify for those tournaments. For sure it is. Yeah. Sorry, B, what does their tie, their draw against the U.S. mean in the tournament? Does it mean they're done because they lost to Cuba? So Cuba beat St. Kitts 6-0. So... I'm looking to see here if they're able to get through as a third place side. Um, you guys can continue to talk, but they they will play St. Kitts uh, tomorrow. Um, interesting that Craig mentioned that just the preparation because uh, in seeing these games two days apart, as opposed to at the World Cup or the Euros, would be three or four days. You really think that that two days um, reeling after that result it was a was enough to to bring something else that we saw. Like I, I really thought, as you said, you know, they did play quite defensive, but, but they really looked like a unit. They, they, they really did look more organized and organized. Yeah. 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 They did. Yeah. Well, no, I think that, the, yeah, the lack of time they spend together in every moment you can, the rebound, the learning experience from Cuba, what they what they would have learned from that. Uh, Moro would have brought, the coach would have brought that up and certainly worked very, very hard on structure about how they were going to go about the American side. And they certainly looked well rehearsed in that game as opposed to, to the Cuba game. Yeah, that's for sure. And then especially because they are in the hotel, it gives the coaches an opportunity to sit down, have individual conversations with players, go through video because they're, they're accessible. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times if it's a league play, you've got a couple hours with the players and then they're gone for the mm-hmm. rest of the day. But when they're down there, I'm sure he went through an awful lot of video, watched the game that they just had, worked on mistakes that they made, and then obviously watched the Americans as well and thought, okay, how are we going to play against them now? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot easier for the coach to sit down when he's in the hotel when all the players are there over those couple of days and all the staff will be playing their role. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, how much of an advantage was that then in Prince Edward Island at the Island Games? And were you able to sustain that over seven weeks? I mean, it was a, such a compressed season, right? Like to, to play. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, that that was very very difficult. But again, you know, you you always had the players mm-hmm. around, so you can sit down with them, have a conversation with them, watch some video. Um, you know, and, uh, but it was, that, that was such a, a unique situation. I don't think I could ever do that again. You yeah. know? And it was hard on the players because you couldn't really get out. Couldn't well, get that out was the hard part, Jimmy. I mean, how did you keep the, you know, sort of yeah. entertainment going and keep the buzz around the place without everybody falling into this sort of deep depression about hanging around hotels? Yeah, for you know, we, I think everybody, we, especially the staff, you're, you're constantly, you know, monitoring the players, watching them, making sure that they're okay, you know, mentally. Uh, physically, and then sometimes you're like, okay, guys, we need a we need a fun night tonight. It's gonna be movie night, or we're gonna do a quiz, or you know, we had the beanbag toss where we'd have tournaments, and mm-hmm. so you're constantly always thinking of ways uh, how to have fun. And what we ended up doing was we had a uh, the beanbag uh, toss, and we had ping pong tables that were in our little areas, our little lounges within the hotel, and we actually took it all up onto the car park, so at least we the boys were outside. You know, playing ping yeah. pong or playing beanbag, or they we got coffee tables. We brought them up into the into the car park as well, so at least they get a bit of sun and some fresh air. And 
now the other teams are in the hotel as well right the same hotel was there any interaction between them I mean, there wasn't meant to be, but there was. <laughs> there was. The players yeah, right. were always crossing over and the coaching staff. And, right. Yeah. You know, but it was a rather big complex for a Canadian hotel, was it not? Like, it's not It's not like you didn't. There was a, you, it was a big hotel. Yeah. It was a big hotel. Yeah. But, you know, it's and it, it was such a brutal time in, as well. I mean, well, out there it was fine. But then Winnipeg was terrible because they had uh, they had the forest fires. So oh. every other day you you know, if the wind was blowing your direction, you were you could smell a smoke that was coming through the hotel. It was terrible. How long were you there for? Five weeks. Yeah, man, that, that, yeah. it's it's so crazy when you think back. Like we've we've lost the total concept of time, right? Like mm-hmm. we've you know what what we're two years and three months into uh, into this pandemic, which sometimes feels like a year and sometimes feels like ten years. Yeah, and is it like I said this to someone the other day, a friend. We, I think we measure time normally based on moments and memories. And in reality, you just haven't made the same meaningful moments or memories, which is totally distorts your concept of time. Especially if you haven't done anything for the last three years, I got no memory at all. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying. We've all done a lot less or done a lot different, right? But yeah, Your name's Craig. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sure trying to remember the, my last highlight. <laughs> we might need to organize a day on the roof with Craig to play ping pong. Let's take the tables up on the roof there, buddy. Another five minutes, he's going to be going, what time is Julia coming on? <laughs> hey, Craig, do you have like one of those apartment like spaces? I mean, condo spaces that we could go to and have a beer? You know what? That's a really good question, Dan. I should have a look. He's never, he hasn't left the unit in two years. He's still waiting how, how, how long have you lived there? Yeah, but everything's been shut. Yeah, good point. Don't stop picking on old man Craig. All right. <laughs> but do you have a gym in that facility? Because if you have oh, a gym. Oh, he wouldn't know that at all. Oh, you, you're the, we got a gym. Are you crazy? Yeah, they do. I saw, I saw a guy in tight spandex going down to it one day. That was yeah. me. A gym is like his kryptonite. He actually, it burns him when he gets close. No, that was that was me. I was trying to find your unit so I can get my damn Puma box that you've been hoarding. You leave my unit alone. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want nothing to do with your lunch box or your unit, buddy. That's we just do lunchtime recordings. Okay, that's the only lunch I'm getting with you, bud. The only lunch I get with you. Um, any other points, boys? I'm glad we hit that U20. I enjoyed watching mm-hmm. that game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a little messy at the end. I did. I watched the last half of the game and that last 15 minutes the u.s did look like they were close to going up yeah well canada took advantage uh took the lead they had the lead twice around the well right scored first oh, yeah. and uh that would that was great i don't know if, if you'd uh seen that at the start there too jimmy but he you know lowell Wright is a hell of a player with a profile that not a lot of other forwards have and i think at that level not a lot of defenders can really handle and he just muscled his way into the box to keep possession and was able to poke home an opener that totally changed the pace and script of the game, um, which I think was, was great. You can, and you can see they, they showed Mauro Biello who like wasn't celebrating and I could see the tactical mind shift immediately. Like he looked, he looked down like, okay, well, it wasn't preparing for this to take the lead 15 minutes. Like, what are we doing now? Like straight into it. I love seeing that. And you can spot yeah. that. As a no, viewer. it's true, isn't it? When you know coaches are in a different position, you know, you know they're not, you know, like fans are celebrating, but he's like, okay, uh, what's next? What's next? Got to react. Yep. 
Uh, last thing about about time, I went on that whole rant about memories and time, and Jimmy talking about the five weeks in Winnipeg. Like, I think about last season, the CPL season. I think about it as almost a normal season. You know, I was yeah. at matches at the end. I saw York and, and TFC in the Canadian Championship, mm-hmm. and TFC play Montreal on Wednesday night in the semifinal. Um, you guys will be doing a show. Uh, I I propose that we change the time, and you guys are like, no, we're good. So I'm going to the game. What did I propose though? What did I propose? Uh, that that I would call in from the game. Yes, we're yeah. gonna make him call in from the game and give us a uh, man on the street. Yeah, man, man in the south end. You want the, the right. live the live report? Well, we're in the box. One thirteen. We're All doing right. the podcast in the box. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going out there? Hey. <laughs> It'll be warmer than Jamaica game. Yeah, yeah, oh, it will yeah. Be. yeah. It will be warmer. the The first game that I went to in the pandemic, any sport was uh, Jimmy's York United against TFC in the Canadian Championship. And I strategically chose that night because I wanted to see Jimmy's team play, but also that I anticipated there wouldn't be many fans in the stands. And it was the worst rain of the year. Yeah, Have your jeans uh, dried yet? I've Uh, I've never been so miserable in a football game in my life. And you played in England. In my life. (laughs) I remember I had a pair of jeans on. I could I couldn't I couldn't even get them off. I had to ask the kit man to help me pull them off. Oh, that's normal. Yeah, is that any that's different normal, though? That's a, that's a Friday that's... night for you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the difference was you didn't yeah. have any blood alcohol. You didn't have a blood yeah. alcohol level above. <laughs> oh my God. I must have changed three times easily. And I was I remember looking at Stolly and I was like, Stolly, I'm so miserable right now. And the rain was just <laughs> you know when it's going down the neck uh, down your neck and oh it was What's crazy? It wasn't just a little rain. It was the drops were huge. No, no that, it's easier it was, to play. It was constant, right? We don't we don't get that constant. in Toronto. That was that was Vancouver shit, Craig. That that night, I remember. Jimmy, Jimmy though had three pairs of jeans, and they they got tighter each time. Oh my god! He had to cut them off with that. You know that trainer <laughs> has that scissors that just goes straight up. Yeah. He's got to try the uh, larger size and extra small boys. <laughs> I was like, hey, do you ever see that Friends episode with Ross when he's got those leather pants on? And can't yes. Remember, he turns into a paste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how one. I was trying to get my pants off. Uh, have you, you ever are, a, a sofa and not yelled pivot the same way that Ross does? I think it's impossible to help someone move a sofa and not yell pivot, even pivot. if you're not going around a corner. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to propose something before we go, and it doesn't have to be now, but there's six people that contribute to the show. There are six friends on Friends. Who's who? Uh, I'm Ross, obviously. Uh, I'm Monica. I'm effing Monica. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. If you told me that you did f Monica, I wouldn't be surprised. Be like, yeah, that's. Oh come on! Damn on. My range isn't that deep. Courtney (laughs) Cox. That's that's not in your. Never in Canada. We were in Canada at the same time. Oh, like I never got down to the states. Because of the because of the criminal, thing. Oh, yes. Because of my shoplifting a banana when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never crossed the border together, right? I, I imagine that there would be something. There'd be some secret that comes out at the border, and if it no, was... but I've been pulled over. I mean, we JC and I have talked about this about a show about border crossing because obviously border security that he does. But I've been pulled over for nothing and just yeah. gone. You know, me and my my, I remember going over the border and it was two white guys, uh, my, my, one of my black friends and myself, and it was us two getting pulled over, uh, going through our stuff. Oh, the two white guys? 
Yeah. The two white guys were like on the other side skiing already. (laughs) Did they apologize to the white guys? Were they like, so sorry, sirs, that we have to, we have to deal with these. Yeah, we have to deal with the guys. Plus we were in the back seat, which wasn't a great idea. It looks like we're all jammed in there. Uh, my one of my best border crossing experiences uh, or stories. I was crossing the border with my buddy who's English, his wife who's American, and I had my German Shepherd in the in the back of the hatch. It was the first time I'd ever crossed the border with a dog. So pull up, and I just hand the passports to the guy. So I'm Canadian, a British passport, American passport, and he looks up at me and goes, "Do I need to get a cup of coffee for this?" Uh, uh, I don't think so. And he goes, "I'm not even going to explain." <laughs> like explain uh this is my buddy he's english how uh long-winded story my dad went to race car driver school in the 70s the guy's like holy shit i should have got the coffee now this is his wife why do you have a dog that's eh, my dog i'm just dropping them up yeah. great moment when, crossing when, the border with dogs a lot easier than you'd expect when i when i was younger and we go to niagara falls i remember go over into buffalo do a bit of shopping and on the way back be in the car with my brothers and my mom and when we pulled up I said, Mom, when you talk to him, just say, you're from Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Toronto. Got it? Good. So the guy reaches in the car, looks at my brothers. Where are you from? Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. My mom, Toronto, right? Pull over. <laughs> 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 Come on, get over, get over there. And we start losing it. Mom, what are you doing? We said, just say Toronto, you're going. I don't know, I panicked. <laughs> say Toronto. <laughs> I love that. Great. Well, uh, it was awesome to talk with Julia Grosso, and uh, I look forward to listening to another show that doesn't involve me tomorrow to cut some promos for you guys. Uh, anything else, Wanger? No, I think this was a great interview, and I, I want to thank the Canadian uh, Soccer Association for hooking us up with Julia, and good luck yeah. to the yeah. team on uh, is it Sunday. Sunday. Sunday against South Korea, correct? Yeah. We yeah. need more interviews, more interviews with the players. Yeah. Should be promoting them every chance we get. Mm-hmm. Well, again, great to uh, get to know Julia Grosso a little bit better. Glad we did the nine questions, Wanger. And uh, thank you guys for for being available. We uh, miss Jimmy James Charman, but you'll hear his sweet dulcet tones tomorrow. Um, If you're looking to get in on some of the action in whatever sport you fancy, check out our friends, footy.northstarbet.ca. And as Charms always says, cheers for listening. Please, God, keep by me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.